I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Hey, I'm Joe Connolly, along with producer Neil A. Caruso, and I can't wait for this week's podcast because you are going to hear the owners of two businesses where millions of us have been for fun over the years. Joe Bastone, owner of Yankee Tavern, just steps from right field at Yankee Stadium, and Irene De Benedettis, owner of Leo's Latticini in Queens near the Mets. We'll start right now with Joe. What is it like for you this year to have the stadium to be opening without any fans? This whole situation is totally devastating. So far since the pandemic, my sales are down $300,000. For the month of June, I was down $100,000 in sales. It's really devastating. We're actually going to be setting TVs up outside because we can't serve inside. But it's putting a huge, huge damper on our business. Usually my dining rooms are full. There may be a line. You can't move. But now we're not allowed to have people inside the restaurant and only a limited amount of people outside. So it's, it's really tough. Why are there not more regulars to help you get through this period? Or are there some or they just don't live close enough, Joe? They don't live close enough. First of all, we've been here since 1927. We're only 93 years old. Uh, we're the oldest bar in the Bronx, but we're also a restaurant. Uh, more than half my business is food. A good 50% of my business is from the stadium, but uh, a block away is the Supreme Courthouse. And uh, I do jury lunches. I do most of the catering for uh, the court system. And they're closed, too. Instead of eight, nine, ten thousand 10,000 people a day, Monday through Friday, there were about not even 200 people there. It's crazy. It's insane. Uh, my, it's, it's proximity for, for my customers. Uh, right now, I'm doing, you know, 10% of what I would usually do. We're, we're hustling for business. Wow. So is it hopeless? I mean, are you going to get through this or what? I, I'm really not sure. I, I just got a rent bill, which included $85,000 in real estate taxes. And I just don't understand why we're paying real estate taxes when the municipalities, the state and the, and the city tell us that we're not allowed to operate. There's got to be a mechanism for something like this. When you're told by the, the municipalities that uh, you can't uh, operate your business as it is set for in your lease and you're operating a business, why would you have to pay rent and, and pay real estate taxes especially? Because those, it's not the, the landlord that's imposing on you. It's 
the municipality, how, you know, how dare they uh, demand real estate taxes? My rent is $350,000 a year uh, altogether with real estate taxes and base rent. And besides high rent to have, say, a note that you have to pay over uh, two or three years or 10 years or whatever is a, a horrible burden. So we're, we're going to try to stay in business, but we're not sure we are. Joe, are you having your city councilman help? Uh, are, are you ta- you you could call the mayor, I guess, and get through on these issues. Are you are you trying? I would love to talk to the mayor. I've put in for a, a number of grants. The business improvement district said that they had a couple of grants for me, and nothing came through. Uh, I applied to what's called the BOEDC, and I didn't get anything. Uh, I've Applied, uh, I've applied for a number of things and nothing came through. I got 31000 PPP program money and it's all gone. It went to payroll. It didn't go to pay rent, didn't go to pay utilities, didn't go to pay anything like that. It went to pay payroll purely. So it was really, if you think about the PPP program, since it's really all got to pretty much be used for payroll, it's for the employees. It's not uh, an assistance to the businesses. Don't the building owners have to eventually give you a break on the rent because nobody else is going to go in there, I assume, unless your, your location is so special it's working against you and getting a break. The rent here is like $120 a square foot. I have the highest rent rate around this area. There's a number of places I've been told uh, that I'm, I'm not going to reopen. See, there's a mechanism right now that uh, landlords can't evict you. But I think at the end of August, or whenever the moratorium uh, is up, there's going to be a mass amount of evictions. But there is no mechanism for any forgiveness or your landlord's giving you a break or anything like that. I would love to talk to the mayor about it. You know, I've tried to talk to uh, my councilwoman and I told you I spoke to the bid and uh, a number of people. They recommended places to try to get loans or grants, but nothing has come through. I tell you what, Joe, I am going to check with a couple of contacts that I have to see if I can get help get you a phone call to the mayor, okay? Yeah, I'd love it. I'd love it. There was an old bar, I think it's like 150 years old in Brooklyn, and uh, the mayor personally talked to the landlord, and the mayor uh, personally gave them a grant. This was six months ago, I think. I don't know if that that can happen for, for us. You know, it would be a, a miracle, an act of God. What about your customers, Joe? Are they supporting you in any way? I mean, you're, you're a routine uh, for so well, many fans. Well, everyone that, everyone that does come in, they, they thank us and thank us up and down that how much they appreciate us and all that. I, I even get hits online. Uh, I always say if I would, all my customers were regulars that they would be here every week, uh, a couple of times a week, I'd be mega rich. But what happens here is that people that come from even Idaho or California or Texas or Florida, they come here once or twice a year. But they're not coming now. Uh, Besides all the people in the metro area in uh, uh, Manhattan, Westchester County, New Jersey, Connecticut, we have many, many customers, but there's no proximity. We're going to do a little blitz online for uh, people to come and uh, watch the games here. When there's home games and even away games. But I don't know how well it's going to work. I I don't think it's going to be that effective. 
What about it's, it's not easy. It's not that easy for people to come in from, uh, say, Jersey City or, or the Bowery or, you know, uh, uh, Scarsdale. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. It may work. Well, the funny thing is there are other places here. There are, uh, there's a place called Billy's and there's Dugout and there's Stands. They're not going to open. Mm-hmm. We're open every we, we're open every day of the year. And we're primarily, I consider us a food establishment. Do you think that the other businesses in your business improvement district will recover from this if they're not opening at all this year? I think maybe half of these places are going to close. Wow. That's a shame. Uh, yeah, really I, I believe it. And then, and then, again, there are three bars and there are also, I think, five, six or seven uh, places that sell souvenirs. I understand uh, the burden they have is uh, uh, they they had to take in their uh, inventories of uh, souvenirs, and the and the vendors want the money, and the the vendors want to take the souvenirs back. How do you like that? Before Neil gets to the owner of a establishment in Queens, I just want to ask you two other questions, Joe. Are you managing to keep your spirits up? Um, it's not easy. It's 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 difficult. The second question, Joe. Of all the famous baseball players you've met, Mickey Mantle and, and others, who's the nicest guy from the field that you've met yet? Uh, there's plenty of nice guys. Uh, I've met a lot of them. Uh, I have a mural outside uh, painted on the wall uh, of uh, Yogi Berra and Elston Howard. Mm-hmm. Uh, significantly, uh, Elston Howard was the first African-American Yankee, and uh, Yogi Berra took him over under his wing. And anytime they would come in and I was here, they would always come and say hello to me and shake my hand. And I was a kid. I was like 12 years old. I've owned the bar for 35 years now. And my dad and his uh, three partners, he owned 25 percent of the place, uh, were here for another 22 years. I started working here at nine years old as a busboy. They were great. Uh, Thurman Munson was great. Mel Stoudemire. Gene Michaels used to come in. And he was a brilliant man. He's the person that drafted people like Andy Pettin and uh, Derek Jeter. I've met Derek Jeter, very nice person. Mariano Rivera, I'm pretty uh, friendly with. He's a great guy. You know, there's a number of them. Uh, most most ball players are really decent people. The problem that people have is it's like they meet them and they're like, bah, 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 bah. I, I'm used to being around celebrities. Yeah. So I treat them at the same level as me. No better if I meet uh, a billionaire, and I've met a number of billionaires, uh, or if I meet the, the homeless kids or their parents, I treat them all the same. That's the way I was taught. Joe, it's great to talk to you. Best of luck. Come on and pull through this. Thank you. Thank I you appreciate good luck, Joe. it. And now, here's Neil A. Caruso, a son of Queens, to take over the Queens and Mets aspects of all of this. Neil? Joe, Irene De Benedetta's third-generation owner of famous Leo's Latticini in Corona is up to the plate. <laughs> Irene, many people in Queens and millions of Mets fans like myself, going back to the Shea days and now City Field, know your deli as Mamas of Corona. That's your mom, correct? Yes, my mom. Well, my mom was Mama. We were three daughters. And uh, the original name is Leo's Latticini because my mom's maiden name was Leo. And Latticini means dairy products. But when we went over to the old Chase Stadium, I still call it Chase, uh, we started about 20 years ago, maybe 21 years. And uh, all of our fans and customers 
I always told that mom is, because my mom was always here and it was always mom is. So we went there, we told that mom is a Corona, so people would be more familiar with the name, and it's always the same place. So it's sort of confusing for the people, but they all know where mom is of Corona or Leo Lanchini. <laughs> anyway, we're there a long time, and now, you know, with, uh, with City Field, we went over to the new stadium, so we're there at City Field, too, and we have a concession there, and we make the heroes, and we make the salads, and we, and we have our, you know, a very nice clientele, a base there, but we're so close in, lo- like, the locality, so close to the stadium, so a lot of people come here to the real store. And like before the games or uh, during the games, and so we—it's it, a little bit difficult for us because it's such a small family business. But we kept it up going there and here, you know. And but it's going along well. But this year with this pandemic thing, it's not—you know—it it caused a little bit of a lot of a struggle here. But anyway, we're doing the best we can. Yeah, it's been tough, and, and I will ask you about where you're up to now. But I want to get our audience up to speed. You're known for these delicious sandwiches and, and fresh mozzarella. You, I read, made the mozzarella with your grandparents. Did you grow? You grew up in the store. Yes. Well, my grandfather. My well, this business was started many years ago, like the late '30s. And my grandfather, my mom's uh, mom and dad, started this store, and they always made fresh mozzarella. And my dad too. Then continued on. He they had farms in Italy, and they made the mozzarella. And I make the mozzarella because I had learned when I was like 15, 16 years old. So thank God I did because I'm making the mozzarella now, and it's fresh mozzarella. People enjoy that, and there's still not, you know, there's not many mom and pop stores left where they have like where they're able to get these different items, you know, different specialties. But our neighborhood has changed so much, and the, and the people have changed. Like, it's not the same. Uh, this, our, little, our little area here in Corona, Queens, used to be basically a lot of Italian people, but they all moved away. And the, over the years, the, the groups have changed. So we, have, we had a lot of, like, different, uh, different ethnic groups, but they all seem to like Italian food, so it's, it's okay. <laughs> and most of our clientele here in the deli, is, uh, you know, we're established here, so people know of us, and they come like the civil servants, the people like the policemen, firemen, sanitation, con Edison, all these guys, and they come for sandwiches, so that helps us out a lot. So, and like the Mets, well, the Mets, well, the group of, at the stadium, and we're there at the stadium, they're all so, they're so dedicated, so nice to us, and they were so special, especially like, even when Marie passed away, my younger sister, they gave her such a beautiful tribute. And it, it, it makes you feel like the people really appreciate that we're here. And I think that's the main thing that, you know, why we are here and why we prolonged it so long and we're still here. Because it's a feeling that people, you know, they appreciate that you're here and they come back to see their roots or they come back to see where they lived before. A lot of the people come back. It's sort of like a destination point and they come. It's, it's not a big, you know, we're not really busy but and it's and it's getting like a little bit less busy because even before the pandemic, it, we were sort of struggling with the you know because the business has gone down, the, the neighborhood changed. But where I live here and we still live in Corona, I live above the store here, and, and we're going to continue as long you know as, as much as we can. And as long as we, my mom always used to say, give them quality. And Marie, to, if you get a quality product and it's good and they enjoy it, they remember, especially food, you remember the good taste. Were you mostly takeout before the pandemic? No, we were not takeout. They'd come into the store to buy, and that's where, like, we're having a little bit of a difficulty because they they can't come in and say like they want full cuts or mozzarella cheese or parmesan cheese or whatever. It's just we limited, you know, I, I limited the whole setup, and uh, we were closed for about two and a half months, so it was hard for us to get started up again. So what what I did was I, I had the plexiglass uh, set up 
like for outside, and we're just doing takeout and phone orders. But for now, I think it's going well like that because people seem to have gotten used to it, and they call in like an order. And I also limited the menu to just like uh, the sandwiches and like maybe one hot one hot item every day. Like my sister Marie used to cook a lot, and she and she she just loved it, and she was a natural with that. But you know, and I also uh, cut the hours. Like we're just open from eleven to four in the deli, so it's working out well because they seem to have gotten into this routine and. It's holding up. The belly's holding up pretty good. The bakery we have next door, that's our bakery, too. And we have all nice, delicious Napoleons, cannoli, and, and, you know, I taste the items, Italian items. But that, we're only open from 8 to 4. So at 4 o'clock, we sort of clean everything up and, you know, close up then and get ready for the next day. So, but, And they have the plexiglass in there, too, in the, in the bakery. And we put up, uh, like, two people at a time can go in. But in there, they can go in, but the tables, they can no longer sit in there. Right. So for a while now, I, they're sitting outside. I put tables outside with the umbrellas, you know, but it's on the side that we always did. And they could uh, sit outside if they want. And we don't have to big clientele that, you know, we have so many people that are going to sit out. It's very limited on that, too. So it's whatever, you know, we're just, we're just plowing along the best we can. How will you be impacted by the lack of fans at Mets games this year and then also uh, no fans at the U.S. Open in August? Well, that's going to impact us greatly, I think, because, you know, the, the, without the fans there, it's a whole big, uh, it, 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 we're, we're missing them. But, you know, the thing is that uh, I'm sure that, like, everybody is looking forward to baseball, even if it's on TV and, you know, they're gonna, it's, it's an excitement that things are coming back maybe a little bit to normal because I don't know what the normal is going to be, but I guess it's going to get better. I hope, hopefully it does. Anyway, uh, it, it did impact us. But we'll, I guess, you know, it, it should be okay. We'll just have to both get through this. And then I guess in the fall or maybe next year, I don't know how things are going to work out, but hopefully it should get better. And then the U.S. Open, well, you know, we actually don't have a concession stand in the tennis stadium. But we, we do get a big runoff from the from the fans and the, the people that come from there because they come from all over. That's an international thing, and we get so many nice people from all over the different places and for the sandwiches, and they come for the people they go there. And, like, all of the workers there, the drivers and the, the guys who set up, like, the, uh, the computers and all the TV screens and stuff, they come, you know, from out of town. And they look forward to it when they come to Queens and they come to Corona. It's like a New York they try to get here. So we look forward to that, too. So maybe we, we probably will see them because even though the fans are not there, and even at the stadium, I guess, at the city field, you know, people who are working to set up in the offices and, and the back office, they, they still all come. That's nice. Joe? Irene, I've just been sitting here enjoying listening to you talk, and I love how you say the word mozzarella and some of the other... <laughs> And some of the other words, and it, it sounds to me, if I'm right, that you're continuing to run the business out of love for the business and the neighborhood, even though it's not as profitable as it used to be. Is that That's right? exactly, exactly right. Because, you know, my mom and my grandmother and my sister especially, she put her whole heart into this. And, you know, I wasn't even, I used to teach first grade, so. 15 years with public school system, and I wasn't actually here all the time, but my youngest sister Marie always was. But you know, I, I, I learned everything, I know how to do everything here, and I feel like you know, we have to continue because even when mom passed away, they gave her such beautiful tributes and such beautiful, uh, you know, they acknowledged so much that 
My mom was like a special, special person. She was here all the time, and neighborhood people would come to her like a word of encouragement or for advice. She was like, she was like a, I don't know, like a legend. She would come, she'd sit in the corner, and she would talk to everybody, and they loved her. And, you know, and they love us, too. And I feel like in my heart, you know, even if you change neighborhoods, you go someplace else. I used to say to mom, how long are you going to stay in Toronto? The neighborhood's changing. And people did move. They have, a lot of people left. But, but you know, we, we're here, and we, and we love the people. Like, I know all the people here, and they know me. And, they, and our customers are like family. Even here at the stadium. They, you know, and they treat us like family, and we try to treat them and respect them. And that was one of my mom's big things. Cause, you know, even if everything changes and people change, if you respect the people, they will respect you. And I, I found that to be such a true, uh, you know, such a true thing that really, if you do follow that. The business is still profitable, obviously, right? Yes, it is, but it is, it, it, but not like greatly. It's, and the deli here is sort of it's. It's quiet. It's been very quiet. And, but there's so much stuff going on in the city that you really can't, you know, you can't judge by this fall. I see that you have four and a half stars on Yelp and also <laughs> very high rating on TripAdvisor. Do Yelp and TripAdvisor bring you some business, Irene? Yes. And, you know, the people, they all come from different places. And we try to, and I tell the girls who help me in the store, you have to really put yourself as this you're treating yourself or your family, and, and you make the sandwiches so that they, they, you know, they'll enjoy it. And they do, and they really do enjoy it. And they know the quality. But that's another thing at the stadium. I would love to be there to see what the girls are doing. And, you know, but I can't be there and be here. So it's a little bit hard. But it's working out well, and, and the girls know what I expect and what we expect, especially Marie. We keep bringing her up. It's her birthday today. And, you know, she, I feel in my heart that she's helping me. So tremendously, she's really from heaven. I'm really getting because you know it's it's rough. It's hard to be in this business, but we're doing the best. I'm doing the best I can. As Tug McGraw said, you got to believe, and I will say I've been at your concession many times at City Field, and uh, the your workers are always friendly, uh, and the sandwiches are just delicious. And uh, you know, well, hopefully, Neil, we get and back. And you too, Joe. Neil and Joe, you have to come to the real store. The real store, I tell everybody, we're so close to the stadium, and the real store is right here. It's like about maybe five, six blocks from the stadium. And so the real store, it's small, but it, it, we have, you know, it, we still have the tin ceiling and the original counter. The counter belongs to my grandma, and it's a marble counter. We still have that counter. And wow. there's, like, so much history here over the years, and things that have happened to us, the stories that it is so much history in our Neil will bring me to your store. I promise that Neil is going to bring me to your store. You're always welcome. Small businesses will never disappear if they are run by people like you, Irene. You're wonderful to talk to. I second that. Nobody, Nobody else can do what you're doing. Period. Thank you, Joe. And I hope, you know, I, I really am trying to put my heart and soul into this because it's our family, it's our tradition. And I feel like, you know, even if things go away or whatever happens, it's still a basic thing that we could hang on to, like the family, the neighbors, people like know us. And so it's something they can go back to. So, I, you know, it's a joy for me, too. I enjoy it. Irene, your passion is palpable. And I want to ask you before we let you go, 90-plus years in the business, what is the thing that you were most proud of in 90 years of all that history in Corona, Queens? I'm so proud of my whole family and through all of us to try to keep this all going. And I'm proud of the 
a, a feeling that, you know, the neighborhood, what we were taught, our, our ethics, like the backgrounds, we had like the morality, the ethics that we had, work ethics that we were taught. I know sometimes now, like families, it's hard, but in, like we were brought up with this background that you have to appreciate what you have and you have to work for it. And you have to know how hard the people before us work. And like I feel in my heart, like my, my parents worked hard, my grandparents worked hard, and we have to work hard to keep things going for the future. And, and you see, you can appreciate things more when you know you worked for it and, and you know you accomplished something. So to, get in a, to accomplish something, you have to really put your heart and everything, your, your whole your everything into it. So many things going on. But you have to try to overcome them. Like now with this pandemic, and then there were all these years, uh, so many things, riots, and then there's all, and now they're saying it may come back again. But you just have to get through it and do the best we can. And God will help us, I guess. You know, He is helping us. There's the first grade teacher coming out in you, too. Teacher, I know. <laughs> I keep telling, you know, when I had the first grade, I, it was hard. But, you know, and that's the whole thing, too. If you get everybody under control, you have to try to get the children, you know, get them to teach them something, and they have to learn. But anyway, uh, you, you always find good. You have to try to find the good and the bad and try to make it better. This has been a great podcast. And friends with Irene DeBenedettis and Joe Bastone, you have just heard two of the finest business owner voices you will ever hear in New York City. Thanks, Joe. And anytime you and Neil are around, you come, and we'll make you a nice Italian thing with this fresh mozzarella. You got it. It sounds delicious. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.